I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Tired Mummy podcast a safe platform where we can openly discuss the highs and lows of parenthood, judgment-free. Join me in authentic conversations with mums and dads from across the globe. Let's help each other feel less alone, let's grow and feel better in our parenting skin together. Come join our tribe while we get into some real talk. And don't forget, bring your coffee. everybody and welcome back to the Tired Mummy podcast. I'm your host Alice Lanesbury. Today I'm talking to Kath from Fit Nest Mama. We get stuck into a very real conversation about the struggles women have after birth and what we can do to heal and feel confident in the bedroom again. Kath is a proud mama of three perinatal physiotherapist and a podcast host. She has over 16 years of professional experience guiding mamas through their pregnancy, fitness journeys, and postnatal rehab. And she specializes in the pelvic floor rehabilitation. I absolutely loved this chat with Kath, and I'm so excited to share it with you all. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by MitoLife. I have been using MitoLife for well over a year now and their supplements have been a game changer in my life, especially in my first year of motherhood. If you've listened to my episode about how I keep my toddler's immune system strong, you would have heard me mention their Shilajit product. Shilajit is a complete trace mineral containing more than 85 carbon bonded organic minerals that are easily absorbed by the body. It's also a super rich source of fulvic acid, a compound which increases delivery of the minerals into the cell. It's a whole food supplement that brings mineral balance to the whole body in a natural way. And of course, I also take it myself. Uh, if I was stuck on an island and I was only allowed two supplements, it would be shilajit and magnesium for sure. 
I honestly believe that Sheila G is one of the supplements that has kept me going through these last few years of sleep deprivation. They have a ton of other amazing products as well that I use, like their vitamin E and their beef liver. I really feel like the vitamin E helps me with my skin. It's really good for a ton of other reasons, but visibly I can see my skin improving. And the beef liver, I think everyone knows how amazing beef liver is. It's the most nutrient-dense thing in the world, and having it in a tablet form is just awesome because then you don't have to taste the gross liver. <laughs> Mito Life have given me an amazing discount for my listeners. Just use the code TIREDMUM15 at the checkout and you will get 15% off. So I will chuck the link in the show notes for you or you can just head to mitolife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F-E.co. Hello, Kath. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so keen to dive into today's conversation. But before we do that, can you please kick things off for my listeners by letting us know what is your biggest parenting learn? Oh, this is a huge one. I think, <laughs> and I, I read this question this morning and I suddenly thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Because, you know, as, as a mum, you know that there's like a million, right? Yeah. As soon as your baby is born, it just doesn't stop. I think at the moment, my kids are getting that little bit older. So my youngest is five and I've got a five seven and nine year old and it lately my biggest parenting learn and this is applies to whether or not you've got like a toddler it is I have to learn to let go a bit more <laughs> and as a mom I I'm, you know as we all are we're time poor you know in a rush to get them into the car seat and buckle them in or get them dressed and with my five-year-old particularly I like Lately, I've been really trying to step back, you know, let her do her own buttons up, even though it takes forever. <laughs> Letting my older kids pack their school bag, even though they might forget stuff. So for me, it's it's a work in progress, but trying to step back. Mm. Because even though it takes longer in the early days, you reap the rewards later. Yeah, I'm, I totally resonate with that because literally like the last couple of days, Oh, I felt so bad. I've my little two and a half year olds running around going quick, 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 quick this, quick that. And I'm just like, like I'm rushing him too much. And like now he's just like thinks he has to think quick. And I'm like, oh no, okay. I need to just like calm my farm and just Yeah. I don't want him growing up thinking he has to do everything in a rush. Yeah. Because that's definitely something that I try to do. I don't want and him to do that. And when they start to mimic you, you start to realize, oh dear. They're just little mirrors. It's insane. Like it really is like, wow, okay, need to watch that. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, all right. Now I really want you to share a little bit about what propelled you into the work you're doing with women. Yeah. So I went through university. Well, I, I finished high school thinking, I don't want to have a desk job. Like I, I saw my dad who, you know, never saw her as a kid growing up. He was always glued to his desk. So I was like, I'm not having a desk job. So I was really drawn to physiotherapy. And at the time, the only physio I'd heard of was like a sports physio. Um, and that was just the commonly known physio. And I thought, oh, yeah, that, that sounds good. I won't be at a desk. That will do the job. So <laughs> I went through university 
doing physio and I soon realized okay there's actually lots of areas of physio but most physio students end up doing well not all but I ended up doing a a little burst of sports training with the local football team so that would mean that you know during the football match or before the football match I'd tape up their ankles you know help with any hamstring tears that sort of thing basic first aid injury prevention and management. So off I trotted to these football matches and I soon realised on these cold, I'm based in Melbourne, so cold winter days, stuck on this football field, horizontal rain. I was like, this is shit. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. This is not my thing. Um, so I was put off the whole sports physio pretty quickly and then I discovered a whole world of women's health physio. And I just thought it was magical. I was this young 21-year-old doing the um, the uni placements, talking to all these pregnant women and exercising with them, thinking this is the best thing ever. And my first job, I was in a hospital, a regional hospital in Victoria, and there were no other women female physios at this um, in my practice. So within the first week as a new grad, they were, I was called to uh, ultrasound, a lovely new mum's, um, a new mum. So she had, she was one week post having a baby and she was back in hospital with mastitis and she was really unwell and she was having the antibiotics and everything because she was really quite unwell and I had to ultrasound her, her breast. And it was the first, it was, I was totally thrown into the deep end. You know, the male physios showed me how to use this ultrasound machine, show, you know, <laughs> and off, off I went because obviously I was the only female physio and it, it was just, yeah, anyway, I loved it. I could see how much of a massive effect it had on this woman straight away. She felt the lump reduce in size. She felt better. And I was like, wow, this is actually making a huge difference. You know, I'm not stuck in a cold footy field. Um, I'm not having to these footy players would want their injury to be over like straight away. They'd want to play the next footy match straight away. And, and I just, I, whereas the women's health side of things, it would affect them long-term and I could see it helped with their mood, their confidence. So yeah, I just, I've ever since I've never stopped doing women's health physio. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. You just get that high out of helping women. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful area. I love it. Yeah. What are some common struggles you see mothers having with their pelvic floor after birth? Okay. Well, we could start before birth, but we'll start. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't the question. So let's after birth. Unfortunately, there's some sobering stats when it comes to pelvic floor and birth. Um, So one in three women who have a baby will have incontinence of some sort. So that's leaking when they cough, sneeze or laugh or having to rush to the toilet, that sort of thing. And one in two women will have some sort of prolapse, some degree of prolapse. So it is, yeah, the the stats, absolutely. And that's according to the Australian Continence Foundation. And these stats, they're huge, but the the thing is we don't talk about them so I think in general society we don't we like that comes as a bit of a shock because 
it's just not something we really talk about. So that's why I love jumping on these podcasts to talk because there's so much help and support out there. And it's not something that we as women should put up with. Because mm. although this, um, although we are more at risk of these issues after having a baby, we don't need to put up with them. And there's a lot that we can be done for prevention, for management, for treatment, and for ongoing support. So um the common issues is that was that was the question wasn't it <laughs> I've gone on a tangent that's good I like I love a tangent <laughs> so common issues if we're breaking it down there's the incontinence side of things so urinary or fecal mm. so the bowel incontinence um there's the prolapse so that might be felt as a vaginal bulge or lump um or pelvic heaviness or dragging sensation sometimes the symptoms can be less obvious so I remember after having my first baby I would feel and it was only after a long walk and I perhaps yeah I I didn't go about things the right way personally that first baby but I remember after two weeks after having a baby I felt great and I'd had a relatively good childbirth I'd been fit and strong during pregnancy and I went for a coffee with my friend to the local cafe. And it was only a 20-minute walk. Um, but so off I trotted with my pram, 20 minutes to the cafe, sat, sat down, a couple of hours, coffee, bite to eat. I came home again via the local IGA to pick up some milk and bread. And then by the time I was walking home, I started to feel this pelvic heaviness. So it felt like I said to my husband when I got home, said, I feel like I have a ton of bricks sitting on top of my pelvic floor. Like everything's just going to fall out. And it was a horrible sensation. And it was a real shock to the system. So they are symptoms. That was a symptom of prolapse for me. And that only reared its head when I was up against gravity for too long. I, even though I didn't do much walking, and even though my my legs could handle it, my body could handle it, my pelvic floor couldn't handle that at that stage of my recovery. So that's a whole other topic. But um, that's why if we can identify these symptoms, we can then manage them. So I went home, I put up my feet, I, I lay horizontal, I took yeah. the weight of gravity off my pelvic floor. Um, I got stuck into some great pelvic floor rehab and, you know, core strengthening, which is another topic altogether. But luckily for me, those symptoms didn't persevere um, because I was able to nip them in the bud and, yeah, because of what the prolapse was like. But incontinence and prolapse are two big issues. Issues with sexual pain is another one. Um, And then bowel issues too, whether or not that's constipation or being able to unable to hold in wind yeah so yeah so those sorts of issues are quite common yeah so there's so many things that women are just putting up with like I I have a, a, f- a friend of mine she's she's an older lady and she was telling me that she's still just deals with pelvic floor issues after having three kids because she just didn't think there was anything you could do about it can we heal from these issues because I hear it all the time, like women just putting up with wetting themselves or biting their tongue through painful sex or not even having a sex life at all because of these issues. Can we heal from them and what does that healing journey look like? Okay, well, I'd like it to take one, I'd like to take it one step before that 
because there's actually a lot we can do for prevention. So as a pelvic floor physio, I would often see women after they've got the issues and after they've got the concerns and 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 I, I started to realize, like I'm saying the same thing over and over again in a lot of situations. And the number of times they'd say, I wish I had known about this sooner. Like I wish I had done this sooner. And there are two time points in our life where we are more prone to these issues. One is pregnancy and childbirth. And then things sort of plateau. And then the other spike of issues where we're more likely to have concerns is pre-post-menopause. So now is the time, whatever stage you're listening to this, now is the time to get on top of this, whether or not you have a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, because by the time we hit menopause, we're all at the same risk as each other. So rather than talking about what we, we can do to heal, let's first talk about some of those things we can do with prevention, because this is exactly why I created my online program with the pelvic floor support, the pregnancy support, because there's actually so much we can do before we've even had our baby. And I think that's where we need to start. And then, yes, there's lots that we can do to help heal, help with our recovery and help support you know, that postpartum journey as well. But I will just say, if someone's been told they've got a prolapse, the in terms of healing, my goal with all my clients, but my members as well, is it doesn't matter if we've got a prolapse. What our goal is for this prolapse to never stop us doing anything we want to be able to do Mm, so no matter what's happened to our body during birth the goal should be to not let anything stop us moving forwards so that might mean like it, it depends on what degree of prolapse it is or you know what's actually happened but whether or not that means you need a burst of pelvic floor rehab perhaps you need a pessary like a silicon pessary to be able to get back and to running CrossFit, you know, marathons. Um, perhaps it might mean surgery for you, or perhaps it might mean you just need to do some beautiful general body strengthening and postnatal rehab. So the recovery process is different depending on what's happened. But if you're listening and you've got these concerns, there's always a way forwards and there's always things you can do to help manage your symptoms or to help with that postnatal rehab. Awesome. So can we, is... Are the pessaries and surgery, is that just like a, a Band-Aid solution or can we actually heal those really severe circumstances? Okay, so a, a prolapse is a general term used for, and I'll just put this in really basic terms, but there's three, generally a few types of prolapse. One is the common one is a bladder, um, where the bladder sort of, actually let's take it a step, a step before. You know when you eat a piece of steak, it's not just the red meat that you're eating. You sometimes have to cut into, sorry if you're vegetarian and you're listening to this. <laughs> it's not a great thought. But you have to sometimes cut into white sinew, you know, the fascia yeah, and yeah. the connective tissue. So it's not all about your muscle strength when it comes to prolapse. We know that improving your muscle strength might help to reduce your symptoms of prolapse but it's not necessarily going to fix the prolapse because a prolapse might be where the, let's say the bladder might be dropping a bit more floppy than usual because the connective tissue that holds it up 
has become stretched. Yeah. Or perhaps your uterus isn't sitting as high inside you and it's dropped down a little bit. And they actually know that anyone who's had a baby, your organs don't sit up as high as previously. It's like our boobs, you know, once you've yeah. breastfeed, they might <laughs> they might sit a little bit lower or yeah, just a little bit. Or when we age, you know, we've got a few more wrinkles in our face and like that's just part of aging to a degree. So in terms of the prolapse, it depends what type and degree of prolapse, but we might not be able to fix the prolapse per se because if let's say if an elastic band has been cut or it's it's stretched heaps, sometimes that can't be fixed unless you have surgery, but we might be able to improve your symptoms with other um, other measures, so whether or not that's pelvic floor exercises, the pessary that we talked about, um, sorting out your bowels. Like there's other ways that we can help to potentially reduce the symptoms so that you can't feel the prolapse. So some women might say, oh, I fixed my prolapse, but it might just be that it's no longer symptomatic. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, let's go back to before these issues because, you know, there is so much healing to do after birth, like spiritually, mentally, physically, and it would be nice not to have to add pelvic floor issues to that list. So if we want to have subsequent pregnancies or if you're currently, if you're listening and you're currently pregnant, what could we be doing to protect our pelvic floor? Um, Because I know I didn't do anything. I mean, I'm, as far as I know, one of the lucky ones I just had a tear although there is a symptom that I have where I'm like you're talking about symptoms and I I get it when I get my period and I'm like I wonder if that's a pelvic floor thing but we'll get to that in a second what can we do before like to protect it okay well I will just say we don't know what sort of birth you're gonna have um so in some there's there's what I call the potential controllables and then there's the uncontrollables so you know we don't know what's going to happen on the day but also the other uncontrollables are genetics as well so it might be worth you having a chat to your mum to all the women in your life find out this is if you're pregnant find out have you had prolapse have you had a hysterectomy um you know if they're a bit older find out if they've got issues because if there's a strong genetic um if there's some strong genes in terms of all the women in your family have got these issues, maybe it might be worth having a chat to your healthcare provider about those concerns because that's a big one, genetics. And we can't do anything about that, right? Some of us might be more prone to prolapse issues because our mum and our sister and our auntie and our grandmother have all had those big issues too. So I think early identifiers like that are a big one. Um, And that's a really simple one we can sort of tick off. Have a chat. Uh, I've got a pelvic um, preparing for labour checklist. It's totally free. I should have looked at that link before I jumped on. But this has a really, it's a really quick checklist that you can go through and just tick to see it. Um, And it's a really great first step in terms of preparing your pelvic floor for birth. So that's at fitnessmama.com com forward slash checklist also i'll put the the link in the show notes (laughs) because i might have got that wrong um so in terms of beforehand the first one is becoming aware of your pelvic floor 
And this is something I teach my members inside Fitness Mama a lot because if we don't know what our current state of our pelvic floor is, it's so much harder to then fix it. So if I see two women after having a baby and they both got issues with their pelvic floor, I generally guarantee that the one that I saw or that had some good awareness of a pelvic floor pre-birth I get so much easier if they both got weak pelvic floor and I need to help with their, um, get them their pelvic floor activating and strengthened. If one has that mental awareness, she generally finds it a lot easier than if someone who's never thought about their pelvic floor before. Yeah. And you can understand, it's like riding a bike. If you learn how to ride a bike and then you have a 20-year gap, you could probably still get back onto your bike and ride it. It might be wobbly, you might fall over, but you'd still be able to ride your bike. Whereas someone who's never learned in the first place, uh, they might find it a bit trickier. So I think that awareness beforehand can help with the recovery, but also being able to nip any issues in the bud. So that's a huge one. Um, And then perineal massage has been found to be really helpful too. And there's some really nice research to show that that can help reduce your risk of third and fourth degree perineal tears and episiotomy. So that's generally done from 36 weeks onwards. Yeah. And that's something else I teach inside Fitness Mama. And it's a relatively simple one. It's free. Um, you know, it's one of those things I say, it can't hurt. Um, not everyone wants to do the massage and that's fine. There's actually a few, oh, we're getting into a bit of detail here, but should we go into it, Alice? If you want. <laughs> I mean, I t- I personally tried to do it when I was pregnant. I found it uncomfortable, but that that's that's you know that goes that goes into like trauma that was passed down to me. So that's a whole other topic. Mm, yeah, and you know what you said is exactly right. If you've got any previous trauma or any previous sexual pain or even anxiety can manifest in its pelvic floor overactivity, and that's what I was saying before is that awareness can be really great because for some women, yes, we might need to strengthen, but for other women, it's all about that relaxation. Mm. So if you think about your birth canal during childbirth, do we want those pelvic floor muscles activated so that that birth canal is all closed up and drawn in and lifted? Or do you want that birth canal to be relaxed and open and your pelvic floor muscles to be relaxed? Yeah. And and this is where what how I teach um preparing for birth inside fitness mama it's a little bit different to hypnobirthing or calm birthing but we're all coming at it for different angles so for example deep breathing hypnobirthing mantras it's all designed to help keep you relaxed during birth and keep that birth canal open and having that awareness pelvic floor and learning how to relax through your pelvic floor even if you don't want to do perineal massage you can still do lots of work on your pelvic floor to make sure um they're not, yeah, they're nice and relaxed and open. And what's the first thing you're going to do if you're in pain or discomfort? Yeah, you're going to take deep breaths. Well, you're going to, yeah, tense yeah. up, right? Yeah. It's the same. If we have a headache, we tense up through our neck and shoulders. Mm, make it worse. And, and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So having that awareness of, okay, I'm in discomfort, but how do I relax through those muscles rather than tensing up? Yeah. I think all that can be so beneficial. It's, you're, so, you're so right about having that awareness. Like I think back to my birth where, uh, you know, think about those contractions where your body is like, 
this power is just like contracting your whole body and you have to breathe and relax while your body's doing that. It's so counterintuitive, mm. um, but holy, it makes a difference. Like if you can get into that zone and yep. just relax while that's happening. And this is where I've, I'd like to think about childbirth of, is having a toolkit next to you. It's like if you were, I don't know, a builder or something, you'd have your toolkit. Sometimes you'd pull out a hammer, sometimes a spanner, I don't know what, but it's like childbirth. We want to have our birth toolkit and we might have learned about TENS, um, you know, these hypnobirthing techniques, pelvic floor. Like we don't know what you're going to need in childbirth, but if you've got the tools, then you can pull them out if or when you need. And I yeah. think that's like that, that empowering and and arming ourselves is amazing and and it's something I didn't have for my first birth and just seeing the impact it has had on my clients that was like this is just what all my program is all about because it's it's such a beautiful area and it can make such a difference so important and really good advice I um I've got one more question and that is I wanted to shift gears to sex postpartum because no one talks about this and the other episode I did where we talked about sex postpartum is still the most popular episode because it's still like this secret thing that no one talks about. So I just wanted um, to know if you had, for someone who's suffering um, pelvic floor issues like prolapse, are there any tips to help them enjoy sex more or feel more confident in the bedroom while on their healing journey? Yeah, 100%. So I'll be talking about it purely from a physical perspective, but we have to acknowledge that it's not just the physical side of things here, right? Mm. It's a mental side. You know, the communication with our partner, getting the support we need so we're not feeling like we're all alone in um, in, in whatever's going on. So that is huge. So, yes, there's some things we can do physically, but it's not just about the physical side of things. So if we're experiencing pain or discomfort during sex. The first thing is don't persevere with pain. Mm-hmm. Like stop sex if it's painful because if our brain starts to, the brain's so powerful. So if you can imagine if you start to associate, well, if you have painful sex, your brain might start to associate sex with pain. And what's that going to do for your pelvic floor? Like or for your whole body, really, it's yeah. going to tense up. It's like you're anticipating pain, and then it sort of becomes a bit of a compound issue. So the first thing to, is to nip it in the bud, and you have got permission to not have sex during pain, like if it's painful. Like that's the number one thing. We don't that that just should not happen. But then we need to also just not have sex forever, or if, you know, if you might want to not have sex forever, but if you not to put up with it is what yeah. I'm saying. So seek that support. Don't think, okay, I've got sex. Uh, I've got pain. I'm never going to have sex. That's fine. <laughs> and like, oh, I'm not saying this very eloquently, but what I'm saying is if you've got that discomfort, don't put up with sex, but seek that support yeah. so that you can then have the choices and the freedom to move forwards, however it is that you choose. So that, again, it depends what the issue is, like what's causing the discomfort. It might be the pelvic floor muscle overactivity. Um, you might need some pelvic floor exercises. You might need to treat the prolapse. Um, that might involve pelvic floor exercises. It might involve, um, you know, getting 
your bowel sorted out, if there's constipation, you might need some exercise rehab to get your whole body stronger. Um, And remembering this impacts our confidence, it impacts our mental health too. So they all sort of link into each other. But then in terms of talking about sex specifically, there's a few quick tips that might help. One is trial lubricant because once we've had a baby, our hormones change and you might not be like we might have some more dryness down there than usual. It's like it's so incredible. But once we have a baby, it's like our body is naturally not wanting to get pregnant again. And so <laughs> the hormonal changes are such that we're drier, you know, sex isn't as comfortable. So no libido, like Yeah, exactly. No libido. So um get some lubricant is the first one and a good quality lubricant too. So whether or not that's an oil-based lubricant, um, which you can't use if you're using condoms. So it just depends what sort of contraception you're using, but either an oil-based or a silicon-based lubricant is beautiful. Um, I've, I think I've got a podcast episode on lubricants and I chatted to the gynecologist too about different lubricants. So you can check out the fitness awesome. podcast if you yeah. want some more information on that. So lubricants a quick tip. Um, and then thinking about your positioning. So if you've got a prolapse, you might find some positions more uncomfortable than others. So becoming a bit experimental, but it, sometimes it's nice for the woman to be on top because then you can gauge like if if it's painful for example you can gauge how deep Mm. um you know in the position you've got more control over it rather than lying pinned down and you know it happens to you yeah be in a bit more control so think about your positioning um if it's a cervical prolapse then there's something called an onut it's a great little, I should, I can also give you the link for that. Yeah, that'd be what great. They, what they are are little silicon rings that your partner couldn't put around the base of their penis. And that prevents the penetration from being as deep. But it's supposed to also help the partner feel good too. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. it's, I've heard some good reports from the partners in terms of it doesn't affect the, the sensations of sex but then it's because the penetration is not so deep then it can be more comfortable for yeah. a woman if she's got a cervical prolapse I suppose that helps them not have to think about that constantly too like am I going too deep am I going too deep yeah yeah, yeah. and you might just find there's some positions that I don't know if this is too much information but there's just some positions I don't like anymore since having a baby that yeah. are now no-go zones um, compared to pre-babies so yeah you and if you can experiment with that then you'll become more confident with what feels good versus what doesn't feel good absolutely I think I think everything you've just said is great like and definitely if there is something uncomfortable try and find out what that is like I had that experience I had a tear a second degree tear and no one warned me about scar tissue no mm. one so like yeah we go to have sex and it's painful and I'm like okay that was like something I've never experienced I don't want to do that ever again <laughs> yeah so I went to a GP to like get it looked at and they don't know what they're talking about they just look at it and go oh it's healed like mm. there's no issue off you go but then yeah. I'm left going okay so 
this is my life now. Like it mm. really messes with your mental health. Um, but then I eventually found a physio who did an internal and she was like, oh, you know, like there's just scar tissue. Feel that? Like that's scar tissue. Like you're going to have to massage that out. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And did you have an episiotomy? I didn't know. It was just a yeah. natural tear. No yeah. stitches okay. or anything, but like, yeah, just mm. a heap of scar tissue that needed to be massaged out. And sometimes it's, you know, like you said, depending on the um, position, it will hurt. So I just have to like change that up. But um, mm. it's nowhere near as sore as it used to be. That's right. And so that's so good you pointed that out because perineal massage can be done pre-birth, but then, as you said, with scar tissue, it's also something that can, can be done post-birth. Just like if you had a cesarean, you know, you might be doing C-scar massage. Yeah. Um and any surgical wounds, it's so funny because if you had a surgery and you had a big ma- a scar on your leg, for example, you'd probably be told to give, massage it once it had healed. Yeah, but for some like, reason, look after it. Like, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, women aren't, we're not, it's less of a thing to know about. So, yeah, it's great we're having this conversation. Yeah, it's just like, oh, off you go on your merry way. Like, you'll be fine. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kath. I am so grateful to have these meaningful, important conversations that will make a difference to mamas everywhere. So thank you so much for being here and talking to me about all of this. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And yeah, it's a beautiful area. And if you are listening to this and you, anything we've talked about, you know, has hit home like just know that there is support out there so go and chat to a healthcare provider go find a women's health physio that lives close to you um yeah just get the support you need because there's so much that can be done yeah definitely you're not alone yeah and i have created a 20 percent off discount code for your mums if you're awesome. interested in providing that so yep. i think it was tired mums 20 for 20% off the first month um, fitness mama so I'll put that in the show notes thank you so much that's awesome thanks for the chat Alice it was so lovely to speak today oh man I am just so full of gratitude for Kath coming on and having that discussion with me Um, and I'm really appreciative that we got a little bit real about our situations that we've experienced just because it helps more people feel less alone like you know like I mentioned my postpartum experience I felt really alone and I felt like my situation was going to be like that forever and that's when you're in that it's really daunting and yeah I'm just really glad that I was able to find the people to help me get through that Um, but there might be someone listening that doesn't have that right now or you know, now that they've listened to this, they might go seek that help. So thank you, Kath, for coming on and talking with me about all things pelvic floor and sex postpartum. I am so, so grateful. If you resonated with this episode, please leave me a five-star review on your podcast app, and I will put all the links in the show note that we discussed with Kath and where you can find her. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening. I can't wait to bring you more amazing episodes with epic guests. Until next time, this Tired Mummy is signing out. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.